Hello, I'm Caroline Carey. I'm a soul worker and soul doula. I have a deep understanding of the soul's journey from cradle to grave, and I've traveled between the veils of the spirit realms. I've studied the path it evokes, and I've come to understand why the majority of today's problems are rooted in the loss of spirituality. So my work, which is Middle Earth Medicine Ways, empowers people to find what is lost and to reclaim their own circle of strength by embodying their soul. And I do this by holding a space for healing and soul retrieval with shamanic skills, trance and conscious dance. I love creative writing and poetry. Please join me in listening to these wonderful teachers and soul workers, the facilitators and the guides of spiritual and shamanic work. They all have something very important to share and are a great gift to our communities. I've learned a lot from listening to them. I invite you to also. Hello friends and followers. Thank you for being here on my podcast and taking a listen in to what we have to share today. I spent some time in conversation with an old friend who's a fellow practitioner in the shamanic arts, Chris Lutacher. Um, when I worked with him some years ago, I'll never forget the power of his dance ceremony and some of the work that we did in nature and uh, some of the really deep, deep journeys that we took in order to connect with the spirit world. It was a, a, a very inspiring experience for me, one that I've never forgotten and went on to journey more with Chris in many different ways. He's here today to share what he's doing these days and where it all began and what he feels his sole purpose is now. It's an interesting journey. So um, sit back, have a listen and uh, do share or like or um yeah, just follow our podcast, if you will, and help us to build this library and this community. And, and maybe you have something you'd like to share with me about your soul purpose. Do get in touch if you have. But for now, here's Chris. So, Chris. It's it's really lovely to see you. We haven't seen each other for a while now. So it's it's a great way to reconnect and to find out a bit about what you're doing with yourself these days. And you know, we'd like more information about your sole purpose. But tell me, how, how, how are things going for you at the moment with what you do? Share, share with us a bit about that, would you? Uh, well, I am uh, doing what I've uh, done for uh, many years. I... Uh, run groups, uh, shamanic uh, training groups. I uh, do uh, three-year training currently and uh, uh, one-year training is starting up. And then I have a, a more advanced uh, group that also runs for uh, three years. And then uh, I do uh, weekend workshops, uh, introductory workshops. And uh, now in uh, recent years, I've begun uh, to do online work also. Uh, which is uh, something I had done a little bit uh, for different reasons uh, before uh, COVID, but then um, I have uh, continued to, to do that because it uh, then uh, can reach uh, people from uh, uh, far away, you know, from other continents. So uh, there's um, some... Um, uh, advantages uh, to uh, this uh, technology here, just like uh, you and I are sitting now and talking, even though we are in uh, different uh, parts of the country. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really so, uh, yeah, so the, the work is uh, unfolding and as it uh, is unfolding, then um, I, uh, on my own part, and now you, you talk about the sole purpose, also feel uh, uh, this deepening, continuous uh, deepening of uh, my own uh, uh, journey, my own understanding and uh, my own uh, path uh, with uh, these uh, teachings. And um, 
And that seems to be uh, running parallel uh, with uh, uh, the teaching work that I do. I, um, I spent some time also uh, writing. I've published a couple of books and I'm working on the third one here. So uh, that's um, how it's been for quite some time. And then I do uh, some uh, expeditions in the wilderness. Uh, lately, uh, last one in um, to Mongolia, and uh, um, those expeditions uh, include uh, bushcraft uh, skills, uh, survival skills, but uh, they um, have uh, the the main focus uh, is shamanism and uh, uh, living in nature and. Uh, uh, embodying uh, the the shamanic teachings because in the west you know the shamanism that's taught in the west is um often taught in uh in settings that uh, are quite different than how it would be taught uh, traditionally amongst the indigenous people so to go into the wilderness and um uh, work with the teachings there uh, for me and uh, it seems also for group uh, participants uh, is uh, a great opportunity to experience um, uh, shamanism in uh, in a more you can say uh, old uh, ancient uh, setting okay. uh, you know when we are so uh, surrounded by um, primordial forest and we know the wolves we know the bears uh, the wolverines eagles and so forth we may not uh, see them uh, but we know they see us you know so it, it does uh, give a, a, a particular feeling than when you are in the in the wilderness so so chris tell me what does shamanism mean to you yeah well uh that's a, a real good question because nowadays uh shamanism uh, um, has had uh, this great revival uh, in the in the Western world. Maybe um, the, the primary force uh, was uh, Michael Harner, uh, who uh, wrote uh, um, The Way of the Shaman. And uh, then it, it took off uh, uh, with his, his work. Uh, and uh, of course, there were other people also who uh, contributed. Uh, so, it is kind of shamanism uh, in the West. You could maybe call it contemporary Western shamanism. It's beginning uh, to find its feet uh, and uh, take on its particular unique form, because it is um, in a in a modern. It's uh, you know being uh, coming back to life in a in the modern Western world where it has been gone for quite a, a long period of time. And uh, in that process, uh, there seems to be um, a phenomenon where uh, the word shamanism and uh, the word shaman uh, are uh, used in a lot of different contexts. And uh, that can uh, maybe be a bit confusing and uh, the term uh, can be a bit unclear. So the way I see it, uh, what it means to me is that that you could say that there are two categories of defining uh, shamanism. One is uh, what uh, scholars uh, would uh, term uh, shamanism. So in other words, people who have studied uh, very uh, in depth, uh, the the uh, indigenous people that uh, practice shamanism, uh, and that uh, the word, of course, comes from uh, the Tonkas people, which is a sub-tribe of the Evenk people in, in Siberia. So scholars have very uh, concrete definitions of uh, shamanism. Scholars can also disagree a little bit but uh, basically, they do agree that uh, uh, a shaman is somebody who can go into an altered state of uh, consciousness at will. Uh, 
they work directly with uh, spirit guides and uh, spirit teachers and uh, spirit animals and uh, they can uh, go on a on a journey what uh, could be termed uh, the flight of the soul into other realms into other worlds other dimensions and their function is uh, first of all uh, to do healing work to bring healing uh, to the community in which they live they also uh, work with um, divination and um, and they uh, they guide uh, the people through their ability to uh, enter uh, into other uh, states of consciousness and uh, their function therefore you could say is primarily to make sure that there's a harmony uh, between the uh, the people between people and nature between people and the spirit so that is uh, like uh, the the one category of uh, definitions of uh, shamanism then um when something is introduced into a culture uh, like shamanism is being introduced back into the western culture just like uh, yoga and uh, tai chi and uh, meditation and so forth then um uh, the the word shaman in some uh, circles in some uh, areas uh, mean a lot of other things than the, the first category i was talking about and uh, you know so you can uh, have uh, shamanism uh, the label shamanism uh, be used in all kinds of uh, context and uh, that uh, i see as a natural um, consequence of uh, something new uh, which in one way is old being brought uh, into a culture and then uh, finding its uh, finding its own uh, way its own expression and so forth and um, in many words uh, they change uh, their meaning over time so um, shamanism is definitely a, an example of that uh, of uh, a word that um, is uh, its meaning is uh, expanding uh, so to say amongst uh, so certain um, groups of people and then there are um, uh, maybe other groups of people that uh, stick to the the old uh, very uh, concise and precise uh, definition and um, uh, it's always been so that cultures uh, evolve uh, and renew themselves by taking in uh, input uh, from other places from other cultures and um, that is uh, very much happening uh, with uh, shamanism uh, today in the west you know and uh, yourself uh, play a, a role in that also in uh, reintroducing shamanism and they, uh, i think it's uh, quite uh, remarkable how how much interest there has been in um, in shamanism since uh, it uh, first uh, began to be reintroduced maybe in the late uh, uh, 90s uh, oh sorry uh, in the late uh, 80s and then um, uh, in the in the last 35 years or so uh, the what used to be fringe is now uh, a concept that everybody has heard of mm -hmm. they may not uh, um, people may not uh, all know a lot about it but uh, it has become a, a concept that is uh, widely known today yes and um, but uh, the essence as i see it is that it is about uh, bringing a connection to the natural world uh, to the spirit world and uh, uh, and uh, creating harmony right yeah. between all, all living beings and uh, and shamanism is also based on another concept which is uh, animism comes from a um, greek i think it is uh, anima uh, meaning soul so uh, the fact that uh, from a shamanic perspective everything that exists has some kind of consciousness some kind of um, a life force, some kind of soul, 
And um, that is uh, and a very, very old uh, way of, of seeing that you will find amongst, uh, I think, all indigenous people. And uh, today, you could say that uh, um, concept is now being um, confirmed by uh, quantum uh, physics, uh, which has uh, found out that uh, uh, everything actually is energy. Everything is light. And you know they uh, um, they've done all kinds of tests uh, that um, lead them more and more and more towards uh, what shamans and other spiritual traditions have known for thousands of years that um, everything is consciousness, everything is alive, and uh, um, that uh, is then uh, traditionally seen as a, a symbol which is the world tree the tree of life uh, with uh, the three realms the upper world the heavens the lower world the roots of the tree and then the the middle world uh, which is the trunk uh, of the tree yeah so uh, the the world tree is a an image a symbol of uh, the cosmos where everything is connected and that's what uh, science is finding out today that uh, this is uh, very true that everything is connected and uh, what you do uh, to uh, something in one place affects everything else so everything is connected in the in the great uh, web of life uh, so uh, the the shaman's role is to make sure that uh, that connection is uh, honored and uh, that we uh, respect all of life and uh, live in a way that uh, uh, is as harmonious as possible. Yes. So, so people adopting shamanism for other things you know other experiences um bringing you know naming it using it for things that it's not really about is there a problem with that is that causing problems well i i suppose it um in some cases maybe can uh give uh shamans uh, a bit of a uh reputation that um is not helpful if uh, the word shamanism is, is used in context where um, it really uh, is something else, you know. But um, at the same time, um, uh, in that second uh, category of definitions that were, I was talking about, it seems often that anything that uh, involves um, uh, uh, drumming and um, uh, altering uh, your state of consciousness is uh, termed uh, shamanism. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, it's important to, to always have a measure which is uh, integrity and Im impeccability, to be as impeccable in uh, whatever we do and um, uh, always come from a, a place of uh, respect and making sure that uh, what we do is uh, for the highest and the best always and on the uh, the the guidance and the protection of uh, of that high uh, power of um, uh, love basically i would say and uh, light and uh, integrity uh, and um, that is definitely uh, you know my uh, own uh, objective and um, at the same time, uh, uh, it is uh, it is difficult uh, nowadays to define precisely uh, shamanism, and uh, like I said, even the the scholars disagree uh, about it, and uh, even people who uh, think they they have figured it out uh, when you bring them together, and then it turns out uh, they too have uh, different opinions about the precise definition. So. Uh, I think we we need to relax about a little bit about it and uh, let there be some space and uh, um, accept that it is something that is uh, evolving the the definition of shamanism and the, it's uh, um, finding its uh, its place in the in the modern world. Yeah. 
mm. it's uh, contemporary Western shamanism. And, and so if you think about shamanism having been in our cultures, in the Western culture previously, like we've lost touch with our indigenous selves, haven't we? You know, and, and, and our, our roots were kind of ripped out from underneath us in a sense. Um, and if we were to trace that way, way back, we probably would find, you know, the, those roots that are, yeah, they're, they're, they're just not there anymore. You know, we can't, we don't have documentation of it. We don't have the stories to hold on to, and it's not living through us. Um, but if, if, if that was in existence, how would we find it? If it was somehow in our DNA, in our bones, in the earth, in the rocks that we walk upon, how could we sense that and, and bring an element of that back through? And what would that even look like? Yeah, well, uh, uh, it's uh, correct what you say. For example, in the in the Celtic world, there's no uh, evidence, no clear evidence of uh, the uh, shamanic practices that uh, you know usually define uh, shamanism, uh, definitely among scholars. Whereas uh, in where I come from, in the Scandinavia, there is evidence. Uh, in the form of the the Icelandic uh, sagas, and also further up north uh, with the Sami uh, people, with uh, who uh, have a long, long tradition of uh, drum and uh, trance and uh, spirit flight. And uh, but in the Icelandic sagas, you can you can read about uh, practices uh, amongst um, uh, those. Um, uh, healers and magicians. Uh, in the in the Viking Age and pre-Viking Age, and um, some of the the practices uh, would be seder, uh, where uh, there's a description of a, a woman who traveled from a farm to farm in the summer, and uh, went into a trance state, uh, contacted the spirits, and uh, um, from that uh, altered state uh, gave um, information. Uh, to the the people on the farms, and uh, that uh, information often had a very practical implication uh, about um, survival. You know how to uh, find the lost cow, and uh, when to um, when to sow, and uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we we know it. Uh, there are uh, likewise in in the sagas. It's uh, there's um, description of. Uh, seeking vision by fasting out alone out in nature mm. you know similar to the american indian uh, vision quest mm. so uh, in that way uh, in in my own background and also because greenland is is part of denmark so i also grew up with the inuit children and um, so i was very familiar with the um, with the um, you know drum dance for example we learned about that in school and uh, uh, the um, yes. Uh, Inuit shamans uh, uh, trance and uh, healing methods and things like that uh, something we learned uh, about from an, an early age uh, but um, nowadays when uh, shamanism is reintroduced you could say that um, when you go to and I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with the indigenous people and um, they have a different um, perspective they perceive in a different way than Westerners, where uh, you could say Westerners, uh, we are brought up to be very rational and um, analytical, and uh, we like um, uh, mental discussions, and uh, we are very mind-based. And um, it's uh, fundamentally a, a, a materialistic culture. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but just uh, that's just uh, how it is. And uh, what I've experienced with indigenous people is, is a very different reality that they live in, where um, there is, um, they're more soulful, uh, generally. And um, uh, many of them, uh, those who follow the the old live with what I would call a prayerful attitude. Yeah, you know they start the day with prayer and um, greeting the sun, and they keep that prayerful attitude with them 
throughout the day and return to it again at night. Um, I experienced that there's a lot of heart coming from the heart. They often have an innocence uh, that adults in the West uh, completely have uh, uh, lost. And um, uh, amongst uh, those indigenous people, there's more uh, devotion, I would say. And um, in that way, uh, when we in the West reintroduce shamanism, we don't have the cultural yeah. ground for it. So we are introducing uh, shamanism into a, a very uh, mind-based culture and uh, into a very um, materialistic uh, culture. And um, of course, that's going to give uh, some issues. That'll bring up some issues because uh, we generally don't have uh, the, the consciousness and the, the state of mind uh, that the indigenous people from whom these teachings come, they have, you know. So we treat uh, the teachings, we treat the methods, we treat shamanism uh, in a way, in a very different way. And um, that uh, can give some issues. So I think uh, one task for people who work with uh, shamanism in the West today is to realize this, that uh, uh, you can't just plant shamanism uh, into um, uh, the West and then expect it to be totally, uh, you know, authentic and uh, uh, take root immediately. That will uh, take time, and um, it uh, it means that we need to, you know, stop and uh, look at sometimes the way we do things, and then see can uh, can we go deeper uh, with uh, these ways here and uh, can we um, uh, can we listen to what the indigenous people are saying when they point out the things that uh, they feel uh, maybe we don't uh, do in a way uh, that is respectful enough so to to listen to those uh, indigenous uh, elders and uh, and say, okay, uh, yes, maybe they got a point, and uh, maybe there are some things we need to change here. Yeah, no. So that the, the uh, contemporary Western shamanism does not become um, too mind-based, yeah. and uh, so that it has, um, so it's it's real and and really rooted in the earth, and really rooted in the heart, and uh, rooted in the in the in the spirit world, and not so mind-based which uh, i uh, definitely uh, feel it is in the west yeah. uh, so uh, that is uh, something that will uh, take time and it's it's a gradual uh, process uh, to um, uh, really integrate shamanism in in a way so that it uh, um is aligned with its uh, essence, you know, with the the beauty of, of uh, shamanism, and uh, as you can um, uh, experience it amongst the indigenous people. Yeah, and and that that's that brings me to you know the, the some of the work that I do is to help people to reclaim a sense of their innocence. Mm -hmm. so it's like coming back to that innocent mind, that curiosity. Mm -hmm. fascinated yeah. self with nature you know that childlike um wow this is a, a magical place that i live in and to reclaim some of that here yeah. so which brings me to the next question for you is is like well and, and you you've shared some of that about as a child you were growing up amongst um some shamanic beliefs and practices so um yeah how did it come about that you you do what you do today where did it begin well, I suppose um, what I was saying before, it really caught my attention as a child uh, when I when I heard about uh, the the drum dance uh, from uh, Greenland, you know, and uh, other uh, practices from Greenland and other practices, shamanic practices from the Sami, the reindeer herders in uh, Lapland, uh, and um, when I was in my uh, early twenties, I. I read a book um, by uh, uh, a Danish uh, author. He was uh, first lieutenant in the, in the Danish army. And um, he uh, wrote about um, 
American Indians uh, and uh, the vision quest. And uh, there was not much uh, detail about it, but he, he mentioned it in this book here. But there was enough uh, detail uh, uh, in the description there that I instantly knew that that is exactly what I was uh, after. And I wanted to, to do that. So uh, I uh, went up uh, above the Arctic Circle right. and uh, uh, into the wilderness and uh, lived there uh, for uh, quite some time. And um, there I then began uh, to do these uh, vision-seeking uh, ceremonies uh, where I would um, fast for four days and four nights. And um, that's how it uh, it really began uh, for me on a on an outer level, like on the on the level of uh, taking action. Uh, however, in um, on another level uh, internally, it uh, had started uh, uh, earlier on with dreams. So um, I had uh, dreams where I met animal spirits, and. Uh, and this, of course, was uh, before uh, there were any books about this and uh, way before Internet and those kind of things. Uh, so I I couldn't quite um, uh, uh, define what I was experiencing in my dreams. I couldn't uh, uh, put it into a context. Um, but um, then uh, in my dreams, I also uh, learned about uh, the shamanic journey. Not uh, the drum journey because there was no drumming, but I, I went on on journeys. For example, to the lower world in dreams, uh, in my um, in my early twenties, uh, and um, uh, began to explore those realms, and it it, uh, it had a huge uh, impact uh, on me. And, um, and then, when I many years later. Uh, came across uh, uh, Hannes' book, The Way of the Shaman. And uh, I went, aha, this is what, what it's, uh, uh, that's what I experienced in those dreams uh, many years ago. And um, and in the, in my dreams, I also uh, were given um, uh, ceremonies and uh, rituals uh, to perform. So in, in that way, uh, I was working uh, shamanically um, through dreams, uh, and uh, then I would take those dreams and uh, enact them in the in this world here, in the in the uh, physical world. So, um, and then um, eventually, I, I I began to learn about uh, um, the the way of uh, shamanism in different uh, cultures. So uh, I traveled. Uh, so many places and they experienced uh, shamanic uh, ceremonies uh, in different uh, uh, cultures. But um, I, th I think uh, you could say that uh, my main approach has always been through dreams and then uh, through fasting in uh, nature and uh, seeking uh, vision, uh, seeking guidance in uh, nature. And um, that is something I have uh, continued with uh, ever since I, I've tried to do uh, a vision seeking uh, once a year. I haven't quite managed that, but I've done a lot uh, over the years and uh, um, did one last year and will uh, definitely do one again uh, this year. So uh, in, um, in the, the vision seeking ceremonies, um, in nature, uh, that's uh, where I get um, the main part of the, the teachings, I would say. Uh, and um, uh, even just to uh, to be out in nature and uh, sit and observe is, is a, a major part of my practice mm. and always has been. So, uh, uh, that uh, and then combined with uh, uh, learning from uh, from different uh, people uh, over the years, that has uh, has been my my path, and uh, that's been uh, where my uh, my heart has been. Yeah. So you would call that your purpose. You you really get that this is what you're here to do. 
and what you're here to bring to society. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've always been very clear about my my purpose uh, since I was a child, uh, actually, and um, the way I kind of define it uh, uh, is very very similar to what you just said, uh, and but also um, um, part of my purpose is to hear the whisper. And uh, uh, when I say that, what I mean by that is uh, that um, uh, when my mind is still, uh, then uh, I I can hear uh, the guidance, I can hear uh, the um, the instructions, uh, and um, And then my my purpose then is to follow those instructions, but the, to be able to hear uh, the instructions and the the guidance, because it usually comes as a whisper, so it's not a, a loud voice. Uh, I need to become still first, and that's why, you know, I sit uh, outdoors uh, a lot and and just uh, observe, and uh, and then I do the the vision seeking uh, ceremonies also. And, uh, and they usually always take me into a, a place where uh, I become still, where the mind uh, becomes still. And then um, I, from that place, uh, get the guidance mm. about what's next, you know, the next step. Uh, so you're really practicing what you preach, aren't you? Oh, that, um, that has always been uh, um, my way that uh, what I did was... Uh, for myself, uh, first of all, to embody it myself. Uh, and then um, people began to ask me to do workshops, which was something I had not intended, uh, but I was uh, uh, encouraged to do it. And uh, then uh, I said yes, and uh, I was a, a bit hesitant uh, uh, first, uh, didn't quite know what to think about that, but uh, it, um, had uh, it turned out well and uh, and then i i began to uh, enjoy doing it and uh, uh, i can um, uh, also definitely feel a, a joy in uh, in doing that kind of work and uh, um, a fulfillment in it uh, when uh, i can um, pass a little bit of uh, teaching uh, uh, and experience uh, my own experience on to other people and see that uh, maybe it, it, it can do some good. So uh, that's a, um, a fulfillment in that. Absolutely, and that, that, is, that, that is what soul purpose is, isn't it? Like, I, I always believe that when we're really fulfilling our purpose and why we're here, we feel joy. We feel that, that, that level of fulfillment and self-realization. It's like, this is what I'm here to do, and I, I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. so and how, how would you... Um, help others to come to that place in themselves to really know what their purpose is because you're not you're not teaching people just to become shamans are you you're, you're helping them to really reconnect to nature to there's all kinds of things that you're you're offering to people but how would you share that with them about helping them to come to what is theirs to do in the world yeah well um the the way i work is uh usually very concrete. Uh, so um, to say to people, for example, uh, every day um, connect to nature, even if it's just for a minute. Uh, so you can connect to a tree or this time of year, you know, there's the, all the birds that uh, are very active, the, like the robins that um, are in uh, people's gardens and in the towns and so forth. And if you just take maybe just a minute to observe uh, the robin and uh, see maybe when uh, when she is uh, uh, picking up an insect and uh, uh, taking that insect and flying it over uh, to the nest to feed uh, the young ones, mm -hmm. uh, then um, you have then, first of all, you have stopped uh, the talk in the head uh, to some extent at least. You, be, you have a uh, calm down, you quiet it down, quiet the mind down, uh, and um, you become more present, and uh, you are, you're learning something. Plus, you are connecting uh, to the great circle of life, to the web of life. 
and you you're seeing a, a relation the bird or the tree and you're learning from it mm -hmm. uh, so uh, i think if um, if you begin from that place just taking a little bit of time to connect and not just uh, being in your own uh, self circle not just being in your own thoughts and emotions but um uh, connecting uh, with something that's very real you know where i would say maybe your uh, thoughts and emotions those patterns of thoughts and emotions are not so real because they uh, come from the past they are often repetitions of uh, patterns uh, from the past and therefore um if you if you live in that world of thought and emotions, maybe uh, it is not the most real reality you could choose. Whereas if you begin to focus on something that's very real, uh, uh, such as a tree or a, a bird or a, a butterfly, then um, you have taken a, a step out of the mind and uh, and you begin to touch into another part of yourself, which is your spirit. So it's your heart and your spirit that can connect directly with the bird and experience uh, the bird and uh, experience the butterfly and the tree. Whereas if you, if you do it from the mind, if you're just observing uh, uh, from the head, from the mind, then uh, you will label, oh, it's a such and such a tree and uh, and. Uh, you know you will you will go to that place of labeling and defining but allow yourself to experience through the body through uh, your spirit uh, and connect directly with uh, nature that is um, how I, i've done it myself you know that's been my own path uh, and uh, i teach basically what i know from my own experience so uh, so that is is my uh, approach. It is to experience uh, rather than to uh, uh, talk about something and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, define it and uh, know it on an intellectual level, which is uh, useful and helpful. But it is um, it's not uh, the whole truth. You know, it, it's just one uh, one fraction of what is needed in order to step into a, a shamanic uh, reality. Uh, for that, you need to uh, uh, connect with your spirit and then um, your spirit then will uh, take you uh, into another uh, uh, reality, which is uh, that of... Uh, indigenous people how they live how they experience yeah. which is directly not through um, um analytical thinking like and, and i really get that chris and i think that's really helpful for so many people not just people who want to work shamanically but in in all walks of life hey and and when i think about our culture here in the west and the you know the way people are having to live not necessarily through their own choices there's a lot of dysfunction, there's a lot of challenge, um, you know, there's a lot of brokenness, a lot of brokenness of soul, of their circle, of, of humanity. And um, that, that kind of teaching that you've just shared, you know, even if it's um, just a pigeon in the square, in the town center, you know, you can, you can observe nature. There's always a possibility, isn't there? Even, even in the roughest of, of situations. Um, but what, one of the things that I'm really interested in is, is working in this way and, trying to help people to reclaim a sense of the, the nature within themselves and the heart within themselves and to, to move through some of that brokenness of spirit. And I, I see shamanism as being something that's very helpful for that, um, but it takes a lot of work. And, and for a lot of people, they don't have access to a lot of what, a lot of these teachings or going, going on journeys, go, you know, traveling and all this kind of thing. What can we bring to society? in order to help them. And I think what you've just shared is probably a big part of that. Um, but, but you know, helping our communities to touch in to that indigenous nature within themselves and to recognize themselves as 
you know, as, as, as nature itself. We are from nature and we will return to nature. Hey? Um, you know, what are your thoughts around some of that? Well, uh, you're absolutely right that there's a lot of um, pain and suffering uh, today and it's been escalating uh, in the last few years. And uh, um, there's a lot of fear and uh, the fear has been uh, increasing also especially amongst young people. And uh, uh, that escalation of fear is, uh, of course, very, very unhealthy and is causing uh, all kinds of um, trauma um, in, uh, uh, in our world today. And um, uh, we see it, of course, in all uh, age groups, but, uh, especially amongst young people, uh, where there's a lot of uh, suicide and uh, um, depression and uh, so forth and so forth. So a lot of people feel uh, lost today. And um, that is uh, part of uh, what is going on globally, that uh, the world is changing. And uh, we are, according uh, to the uh, indigenous uh, prophecies, we are at the end of one cycle. And, um, and we are at the beginning uh, of a new cycle. So the world, um, as we have known it, the way we have our history, the way we define ourselves and look at the, the history of humankind and so forth, all of that uh, is beginning um, to crumble. The structures uh, are uh, beginning to crumble and um, uh, big, big uh, changes uh, are beginning uh, to happen very, very rapidly. And um, so if we, for example, look at, um, just as an example, but many indigenous people, they have, um, prophecies about uh, these times here. It's also in the Bible, you can find it, these prophecies everywhere in the Norse mythology also. The Mayan had uh, the 2012 uh, prophecy, which was uh, really distorted, uh, you know, in the West by Hollywood and uh, uh, where they talked about like the end of the world and uh, mm -hmm. all that. But uh, as I understood it when I was in Mexico uh, with the uh, Maya Indians, uh, they have, um, a cycle of uh, 5,125 years. That, and um, they have a, a bigger cycle, which is five uh, of those 5,125 years cycle. So that gives uh, about 26,000 years cycle. And we are, according to them, at the end of a 26,000 year cycle. That cycle ended as I understood them, uh, on um, December 21st, 2020, uh, 2012. And, um, and they said that this is uh, like uh, the beginning of the renewal of the, the world. Mm -hmm. So a new world is, uh, is beginning to emerge. And uh, as always, when uh, something new is coming into existence, uh, there's uh, a, a transition and uh, a birthing, and that uh, is usually painful. Mm. So um, from uh, what I have uh, uh, heard from indigenous people and, uh, and their prophecies, they all uh, talk about the same thing, that uh, um, this time is the end uh, of uh, one very long cycle and uh, the Maya say 26,000 years and um, and then the beginning uh, of a new one. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in that uh, process, uh, when we need to uh, change our outlook, when we need to change our awareness and our perception and uh, our culture, uh, everything is being uh, slowly beginning to be renewed then um, there's going to be forces, there's going to be fear, there's going to be uh, forces fighting against each other. And um, we are right uh, in the middle of that now. Mm -hmm. And um, 
uh, as I uh, see it, uh, uh, this is part of the reason, you know, why we are here now, why shamanism is being revived now in the West, because it, it will have a, a role to play in the new uh, world, in the new um, new culture that uh, will emerge. And uh, um, according to what indigenous people say, that new uh, way will be less materialistic. Yeah. It will be uh, a lot more heart-based. Uh, and um, it will be uh, one of... Uh, excuse me great understanding yeah so do you, and, uh, do you think sorry did you think chris that by having more knowledge about shamanism and its roots and where it comes from and it's it's true nature um is going to be helpful for people to understand to help them to get to know what shamanism really is and how it can help us in this day and age i think uh it has a important role to play. Uh, um, as I've uh, experienced it, the indigenous elders have uh, the answers to all the problems, all the issues we face today. Mm. If uh, people would listen to the indigenous elders, they would uh, find uh, all the solutions uh, all the actions that we need to take, all the changes that we need to take, the indigenous elders, uh, they uh, they have that wisdom. And um, that wisdom is uh, directly connected to shamanism. So when people begin to work uh, shamanically and uh, connect with uh, an animal spirit guide, a power animal, and uh, a guide from the upper world, a spirit guide from the upper world, then there is a source of um, knowledge that is uh, directly connected to, uh, to the higher source, so to say. Mm. And, um, and that basically means that shamanism offers uh, a source of guidance from a higher consciousness. You know, where uh, if you seek guidance from uh, the uh, culture around you, it may not uh, be uh, always uh, the most wise guidance you get there. Likewise, if you seek your guidance uh, by thinking from your own head, uh, that uh, usually doesn't have a, a lot of deep wisdom either. So, but by uh, connecting uh, with uh, shamanism, by learning to become uh, still in nature and uh, connect with the tree, by learning to connect to the guides in the upper world and the, the lower world, uh, you begin uh, to reach uh, that place within yourself, mm. which is wiser than uh, your, uh, your knowledge and your accumulated uh, information and so forth so you begin to uh, connect with um, uh, with the wisdom within yourself which is uh, your heart and your spirit and uh, and there you begin to know things on a much deeper level and uh, and that place will put you on your path and uh, and guide you yeah beautiful and and so you know you talk about um visiting or, or listening to indigenous elders. We have elders in our own communities, don't we? People who've walked, like yourself, and there are many people on just on this podcast that have walked a lot of this path um, and, and have things to share around their knowledge on shamanism and other spiritual work that they do. Um, we're not suggesting that people pack their bags and go off to south america when they can't afford it and leave their families behind and all the rest in their jobs and all that kind of thing are we is there's many ways to there's that beautiful film time of the sixth sun um that nikki williams put together we'll have her on the podcast soon but you know so there is people can find this wisdom in many different places but there is a tendency for people to go off and and try out different medicines and plant medicines and all sorts of things thinking that that's the route to it but it's not necessarily the route it's about listening from what I'm gathering from you is like we, we need to learn to listen better to the elders and to nature 
you know, is that what you're saying, really? Yeah, and the, the wisdom uh, from the uh, indigenous elders is um, available uh, wherever you are, uh, because it's, um, uh, it's on the internet. It's uh, in books, uh, you know, you can, uh, um, you can uh, look up uh, books by, for example, people such as uh, uh, Black Elk, who lived in, uh, in the, the late uh, 1800s and into the beginning uh, 1900s. Uh, so uh, uh, there, there are books about him. Uh, there are loads of uh, books on um, the wisdom of uh, Native Americans, um, even um, if you go on the internet, uh, you can find uh, uh, YouTube uh, uh, videos with uh, with that kind of uh, wisdom. So uh, it is uh, readily available wherever you are. Uh, sure. if, you, if you can read, you know you can uh, you can access it. Of course, of course. Uh, even if you can't read, you can you can listen to it. Uh, yeah. No, of course, it, it is available there in many places, and 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 how to live our lives in this society. Um, that I think that's always the question people say well you know I'm not Native American I can't live in a in a, a teepee out in the in the the deserts and, I, and I'm not from you know Namibia where the, the, the Bushmen live or I you know I'm not I'm not a, a Sami um, from Mongolia it, it, it you know there's, there's so much questioning that people will ask like how to fit this into today's society how yeah. to live this life here in the here and now in the houses that we have built and the work that we do. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's like how to translate it into our daily living. Hey, that's always something that I, yeah, I, I've, I've worked with that myself, you know, and, um, and I hear it from others. It's not any, I don't think there's an answer to it necessarily, is there? But um, we do our best, hey? Well, I, um, as I see it, um, it is uh, available to us wherever we are. Like I said, if you, if you uh, speak just spend a minute uh, watching that bird. Just spend a minute uh, looking at a bush. When you cr uh, walk in the city and you cross a river, stop uh, on the bridge, look at the, the flowing water. The flowing water will very quickly uh, take you uh, out of the, the busy thoughts and yeah. put you into a, a slightly shamanic state of consciousness. Um, likewise, you look up, even in the cities, there will be a crow uh, flying over. If you take uh, the time to listen to the, to the sound of that crow and uh, look at the clouds, mm. you don't need uh, to be anywhere else than where you are. Uh, you, can, uh, you can go into that uh, shamanic-inspired uh, realm uh, no matter what city you're in, no matter where you are, uh, because uh, nature is uh, is here, and even the buildings are made from uh, material from nature. You know, yes, yeah, and the yeah. supermarket, everything in the supermarket, the neon lights or whatever they they all, everything comes from nature. Mm -hmm. You know, so you. Uh, so when you see um, the plastic in the supermarkets, uh, then uh, you can go back to the source of that, you know, the, uh, the, uh, which is uh, the earth, you know. So um, it is uh, it is here, and uh, the the flowers everywhere um, this time of year. So um, to simply shift your perception, that's all you need to do. And uh, that, that is something uh, everybody can do that. But uh, most people are so completely stuck in, in their heads, in their thought patterns, mm. uh, that um, the challenge is to uh, step out uh, of uh, thought and just uh, to be with uh, nature, just to be with something from nature. And... Um, and that is uh, basically to change your perception, and uh, and that is uh, something we have the the power to do. Everybody has the power to do that. Uh, and um, I suppose what you're talking about there is uh, pe people who uh, 
have not been taught in this way will often imagine that it's very, very difficult to do, you know, if they live in a big city and, uh, oh, I can't uh, go to uh, Mongolia and, uh, uh, and uh, live in a yurt there and so forth. But um, it's simply just a matter of changing your, uh, your perception. Even if just for a moment. In our society, of course, we've been trained to get out of the head by using drugs, drink, alcohol, you know, get stoned, um, you know, do something other than focus on nature or, you know, dull your dull your mind by using a substance. And that's not the answer either, is it? So, that's... yeah, well, the, the, the substances um, give a little bit of relief from uh, being constantly um, uh, living uh, under the, the gun, so to say, of your, of your thoughts, the way you have been uh, uh, educated and uh, trained and programmed to believe that everything is um, uh, based on uh, the mind, you know, and then the mind is the most important thing and uh, so we have defined uh, uh, reality which is uh, rational and analytical and that has put people into their heads and so they are in those constant thought patterns with emotional reactions to those uh, thoughts and um, to shift from that into uh, connecting and experiencing directly uh, something in nature yeah. that uh, is uh, it's not uh, as difficult as we uh, tell ourselves it is you know we imagine oh I can't uh, make that shift but uh, what I'm saying is that everybody has the power to do it and the, and everybody could do it right now in this moment yeah. simply by looking out the window taking a couple of deep breaths you know, and then uh, something else happens. The mind quiets, quiets down and you are, you are altering your state of consciousness. You're changing your perception mm. and you're coming a little bit closer to a, a shamanic uh, perception. You're coming a little bit closer to how indigenous people traditionally uh, uh, are trained to use their perception. Right. And that's having curiosity, isn't it? It's like for that childlike curiosity, just be curious about what's out there and hold, let, let your attention be held for that moment. Hey, that's beautiful. You, you've shared so much, Chris. I mean, so, you know, this is really very, very rich podcast that we have to offer people here. And, and I, I love what you share. You have such a passion about it. Um, you have such a, an, an authority, in a sense, on, on this subject. Um, I think this is going to be um, fascinating for people. I'm not going to edit anything out of this. I think this is great. <laughs> Do you have anything, like, any last things you, you'd like to just share with the people listening here that you feel is really important? Maybe something you haven't shared yet, or is there something in particular that you would like people to know about you or about the work that you do? Well, um, now you, you mentioned uh, curiosity, and I completely agree with that. And uh, when, when you uh, seek to awaken curiosity within yourself, when you seek to awaken a, a sense of awe and wonder um, and um, a bit of playfulness, uh, then um, you... It is through that childlike, those childlike qualities that uh, you uh, can enter into the, the magic of uh, shamanism and, uh, and the magic and beauty of uh, nature. And uh, that uh, is uh, when I lived in the United States uh, in the Southwest, uh, the Navajo called uh, the Beauty Way. And, uh, and as I understood what they said were the beauty way is based on those childlike qualities being alive in you uh, throughout the day. And uh, when you awaken uh, that innocence, that trust, uh, the sense of awe, when you look at a tree, a sense of wonder, 
uh, when you see the bird fly up on the high up on the sky, then um, you begin to live in beauty. Uh, and uh, again, everybody has the uh, the power to do so to make that change. And uh, uh, that's what we uh, work, what we focus on in, in the workshops uh, I do. And um, I um, I run three uh, uh, training. Uh, next one starting up in uh, twenty four. Uh, have uh, one year training starting up uh, very soon here, and uh, and then I do uh, weekend workshops and I do uh, just uh, half day workshops uh, online uh, also, and. Um, uh, all of uh, all of that work and also the the books uh, I I write they are about uh, coming home uh, to that uh, place within ourselves uh, where you can uh, experience uh, that uh, beauty and uh, uh, magic and uh, basically step into that uh, shamanic realm. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it sounds very rich and uh, a great offering to be giving to the communities around us. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been really lovely to connect with you. And um, we've got lots of wonderful information here from you. And uh, I really you know, wish your work well and that it blossoms and fruits into the world and many, many people gain from your wisdom and, and your life experience and your purpose because it's a very magical and uh, rich one. So thank you. Well, so yeah. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me. And it's been... Uh... It's been a real joy to uh, meet with you again here and uh, and to talk to you and open this up. And uh, when we do that, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a gift and uh, it uh, brings in um, a sense of uh, soul purpose also. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't it just? Well, thank you. And um, yeah, see you again soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker, in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.